Hello, everyone. My name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. Episodes drop every other Monday where we discuss the biggest Joshi news, review shows, and preview the hottest upcoming Joshi action. So whether you're a new fan or an old fan, we've got something here for you at Jumping Bomb Audio. Check us out on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello, welcome back, everyone, to the Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast. I'm Jesse Collings. Uh, joined today uh, with a, a first-time guest on the show, but someone that probably a lot of you are familiar with. It's Rich Krejci from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast and VoicesOfWrestling.com. Rich, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, doing good, Jesse. Excited to uh, to touch on this uh, this topic that's uh, uh, definitely been a long time coming. But uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a very fun, informative episode for a lot of people. So I'm, I'm excited to do it. Yeah, and you know, like... This has been something that I, it's not certainly, it's certainly something that I've talked about a lot on this show. It's something that I have written about um, for both Voices of Wrestling and Wrestlenomics. And I know it's something that, you know, you and Joe Lanza over the Flagship Wrestling Podcast have been talking about pretty much since AEW launched. Um, and that is the way we talk about AEW and the way AEW is discussed and I, I'm focusing mainly on online discussion. And people will say like, okay, like only like what, like 10% of people have Twitter accounts. I think it's even lower than that. It's probably lower now. Especially uh, now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, but so like, but people will say that and be like, well, you know, not everything online matters because only X amount of people are online and people who are online all the time tend to over-exaggerate the impact of stuff that's happening online, which is 100% true. But we're talking about four years now of AEW, and it's really obvious that you can see the talking points that come up online, the way people react and discuss to AEW uh, online has a real influence on the product. It has a real influence, I think, on the company's ability to grow. I think it has a real influence on the perception of AEW, especially for people that are not um, you know, hardcore wrestling fans or people that have, have even watched AEW before. And the more I've thought about it, the more I think about that this is a real significant problem for AEW. And even more so, it's a significant problem for me, a fan, because discussing AEW is exhausting. And having to try to like keep up with what people are talking about with AEW, in, in AEW this week is exhausting because it's so much, it feels like I'm spending so much of my time either arguing against bad faith takes or having to educate people on what AEW is trying to do because they're confused because they're used to WWE um, or just people that just don't know what they're talking about. Uh, and I just feel like the way we talk about AEW and the way AEW is discussed is broken. And I'm not sure how we can fix that. And it's a very difficult thing to kind of talk about and summarize because it can go in so many different facets. But I'm happy, to, uh, Rich, that you're here to help us go through it because I know you you and Joe especially have been really on top of this since since the moment AEW debuted. 
Well, and and you mentioned like, you know, not that many people are online and there's only X amount of percentage of people that are on Twitter. And, and while that is true, you're looking at a company and you're looking at an industry right now that is a niche of a niche, you know, of an, at this point. It, it, it's you are we are down to the most hardcore of the hardcore fans. And it's also 2023. And so access to that sort of information, access to to takes or whatever has never been easier. And no, do you need to live on Twitter and live on discords to to know what the discourse is? You really don't. And and I know that from my real life. I have a friend who, you know, I, I won't call a casual fan because he's a pretty big fan, but has no idea. He never uses Twitter, doesn't use our discord, sometimes listens to the flagship, sometimes listens to my show or whatever. But like more than not, he's just kind of like every Wednesday he'll turn on AEW or every Monday he'll 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 watch Raw sometimes and stuff. But he also via YouTube listens to Jim Cornette because somewhere along the algorithm they said, hey, this guy's a wrestling fan and gave him Jim Cornette clips. So what he'll do then is every single week he'll when I talk to him or, or we talk about AEW, he'll bring up a hey, uh, Cornette said that like this happened on on this week's uh, Dynamite. What do you think about that? I yeah, I kind of agree with it. And the, you know, it's it's Cornette stuff. So it's like the dumbest things. It's like, ah, yeah, the young bucks like tagged on the back. He wishes they tagged with their hands. Ah, AEW sucks. And it's like, you know, he gives me the and and he is what I would not I wouldn't consider him quote unquote online. Somebody that uses YouTube, I'm not considering quote unquote online, but he is getting, you know, kind of overrun with the discourse. And, 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 and that becomes true if you use any form of social media and it's 2023, like you're going to use Facebook, you're going to use Twitter, you're going to use Instagram, you're going to use something and you're just inundated with that sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I, I know that people like to, you know, say, oh, well, no, it's only like the hardcore fans that care about that stuff, but it's not, it, it, it really isn't uh, in 2023. And then you add on the other fact that, the owner of AEW, for better or for worse, and, and you can argue either way, uh, is a very online guy. You know what I mean? He knows what all this discourse is, and you kind of mentioned that too. It affects, I think, the way that the show is structured, the way the company is structured in a lot of ways, because it's run by un, un, uh, like online people. You know, it, it it's run by the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, who who are very online, even if they pretend to not be. Uh, it's run by Tony Khan, who is very online and does not pretend to not be. You know, it, it's. And and like you said, it's it's we don't live in this universe where we're just kind of complaining on one side of the the spectrum, and then the people running the show, like WWE for the longest time, Vince McMahon does not care what what people are saying on the internet about him, about his company, anything like that. He does not care. Tony does. Tony Khan definitely, absolutely, absolutely does. So uh, you're you're right. It, it it does take on a little bit more of a. Um, it, it, there's a more importance of what what is said and, and and what's discussed online about AEW is different than pretty much any other major wrestling company ever based off who's leading the company, who's in charge, who are the top stars are that sort of stuff. And the fact that, yeah, it's 2023, you know, it, it's just a completely different universe than most other wrestling companies have, have, have had to live through. Well, like, again, like, and like, yeah, okay. Like I don't really care about like the 10% of Twitter users or the people who are posting on wrestling discords or the people who are on, you know, squared circle or whatever. Those people are very online. Their opinions are going to be formed in a lot of different ways, but in 2023, the internet is how most people get information and it's how we communicate. And I'm not saying you have to be a, a serial Twitter poster or a serial Facebook user or a serial Discord user to do that. It's just how we get information, especially if we're going to talk about like the key demo and we're going to talk about younger people and teenagers and people under the age of 30. Those people are going to be influenced online. It's, it's just how it goes. I'm not like, I'm not like on like a bunch of like movie 
you know, Twitter accounts or a, a Discord where we talk about movies or anything like that. But I'm 100% influenced by what I see online about movies. I was like kind of excited to see the new Ant-Man movie that came out, but it's gotten really bad reviews and people are saying it's 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 trash online. And I was like, maybe I won't see that. And that's just how we kind of digest information and how we form opinions. Uh, a lot of that comes from 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 communication online. And you, you don't necessarily have to be like this terminally online poster to be influenced by that. In fact, I think the like the more tertiary you are connected to something online, the more likely you're going to be influenced by a post or two that you see because you might not know that much about it to kind of counterbalance sure. whatever post you're seeing. Well, and just the way the internet is structured now, it's, it's so algorithm based or whatever that when you put an interest, like my friend, you know, he listens to one or two Cornette clips and now he's just inundated with Cornette-esque clips. And, and you know, once the, the algorithm knows that, hey, you are into this sort of stuff, like, you know, it's baked in that that you're going to probably be, you know, then they're going to start sending you Eric Bischoff stuff. And and, and these guys and Jim, in, Jim Cornette gonna... listeners also listen to and here are all the right, channels. Exactly. Like, that's yeah. literally, that's and, literally like, what it says on YouTube. Like... Right. Yeah. And so so he gets those and 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 anybody who 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 starts to, you know, find it funny, find one segment of Jim Cornette kind of funny, uh, especially with how aggressive the YouTube algorithm has gotten in, in the last couple of years. And last year, I really think it's like gotten insane where you watch one thing and it's like, all right, this is what this guy loves. And it's like, well, hold on. <laughs> like just I, I was sampling this. I don't need every you know, but um, no, it, it, it and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in that way. And then we're going to kind of lay out here in the show where it then kind of funnels you into this one group of people who all tend to kind of have this thing about AEW for whatever reason. We're going to lay out some of the reasons or whatever. And, and yeah, it just it just kind of snowballs from there. But yeah, the idea that like it's only terminally, terminally online people that are influenced by this stuff anymore. Look, we're all terminally online at this point. You know what I mean, like that's why I always when people use the IWC in like references, like today, it just makes my blood boil, and I just I, I shiver because I'm like the, the internet wrestling. We're all it's the internet. It's 2023. Like yes, when in 1999, I, me and like two of my other friends were the only ones on chat rooms or the IGN message boards, you know, arguing about wrestling, or whatever. Yes, I had friends that did not have the internet, did not care about. It's 2023, man. We're attached to our phones. We're attached to the internet. We are all terminally online. So no, the idea that like. Oh, well, the, there's just fans that like going to the shows. It's like they, there are, but everyone's online. Everybody is influenced in some way by, by what they read or see or are, are sent in an algorithm online. It's just it's the, it, it's what it, the world is. It, it's just it, it's undeniable at this point. Yeah. And, and I want to start before we get into like the rest of the slides that I kind of have hastily organized here. I want to like just establish like a fundamental truth here. And that's something if, if you disagree with this fundamental truth you're probably not going to enjoy the rest of this podcast, but I just want to establish it before we kind of get into some of the issues. And I think, Rich, the fundamental truth I want to lay out is that we're both in agreement that All Elite Wrestling is a generally good wrestling product. Yes, I would agree. Right. So we we agree that it's, and I'm, I assume most of my listeners agree with me, maybe they don't, but agree that while AEW has room for improvement, and there's never been a wrestling company that existed that never had room for improvement, there the AEW after four years has done a really good job of establishing a quality wrestling product with quality television each week, um, and 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 good pay per views and and everything like that. Uh, but we don't talk about AEW like that. We don't talk about AEW like it's a really high quality product. Instead, we spend so much of our energy 
either discussing the problems with AEW or focusing on one small thing that's wrong with AEW and not appreciating all of the good stuff that AEW does um, to an extent. I I, tr- I tend to focus on the good stuff, but I just think in general, the discussion tends to lead towards focusing on the negatives for a variety of reasons. And I know one of the big points that you've had, Rich, and you say a lot, and it's so true, is that you can have like an, a, an episode of Dynamite, an hour and 50 minutes of it can be absolutely incredible. And then there's some 10 minute segment that doesn't work or a match that's bad. And then people focus on that being like the focus of AEW is like, oh my God, this, this, this woman's match was terrible. Tony's got to fix the woman's division. It's awful. And people just harp in on like the very small negative, as opposed to almost any other wrestling promotion in existence where that one small negative would be totally, you know, overlooked in favor of all of the good stuff that happened. It just, it's very unusual with AEW. It it is strange. And I think a, a, a large part of that is probably they're kind of a victim of their own you know, success in a lot of ways is that I think a lot of AEW is really, really good. And a lot of those television shows are really good to the point where maybe it almost becomes boring at time. It becomes kind of normal that you're going to turn on dynamite on a Wednesday and you're probably going to get at least an hour plus hour and a half of like really, really good stuff and a lot of good matches. And, and, and I, I talk about it all the time on, on the flagship and anytime I, I, you know, I pitch in on uh, the dynamite reviews we do for our Patreon, but like the show's insane. Like the amount of great wrestling you people will bring up. Like I, I'll always say there is no wrestling television show in American history that has been anywhere near as good as dynamite has been. And people will say, I, I don't know. Raw in 2005 was pretty good. It's like, go back to Raw. There's like four matches in the entire year. That is really good. Or I right? Raw in 2013 was really good. Yeah. I agree. There was like, you know, 10 good matches that year on raw. We're talking like on a weekly basis on dynamite, you are probably going to get at least two to three pretty damn good matches on, on an episode of dynamite to the point where it becomes maybe mundane or boring that it's like, all right, yeah, yeah. They had a great, good dynamite. This, you know, Roosh and, and Danielson, that was good. Yeah. But you're, oh, let, let's talk about this thing that, and I think it just becomes a little bit easier to harp on that one thing. But I think there's also some other things that are, that, that, that are at play of why we focus or why, why people tend to focus on the one thing, you know, that was bad out of an hour and, and, and 30 minute show or whatever hour and 50 minutes that, that were good, but it is, it is, it, it, it boggles my mind and it happens Every single week, it, it, every week that no matter what happens on dynamite, there's always going to be one thing that's not that good or, or, or two, you know, the opener is not going to be great or some middle segments not going to be. And that is, that just the entire discourse that week is, oh, they got to fix this. Oh, this is a disaster. Oh, the hangman. Yeah, they got it. it. It's just, it's so weird. I, I, I called it the Brandy segment. It's, I, I, I've coined it the Brandy segment. That's kind of taken on a life of its own uh, on the voice for wrestling discord, because it's like, I was doing an episode of, of, of of dynamite reviewing it for our patreon and and you know it was like an hour and 40 minutes of a really really good show but then brandy did some terrible promo and everyone's like oh i don't know what's wrong with dynamite <laughs> like it was fine there was one segment it was the brandy segment like why do we give so much airtime to and and i was guilty of it too as i'm doing the show i'm i'm spending all my time saying why are we giving this airtime to this one segment that was bad out of you know everything that was good but then i find myself doing it so it's just we're we're, we're we're weird creatures. I, 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 it's impossible to try to explain, but I guess we're going to try to do that yeah. uh, here in a bit. But and, it is, it's wild. And part of it is not necessarily like a, a specific AEW wrestling thing. I think, like you said, the standards are high, and 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 being negative and focusing on those things that turns conversation right. Like sports talk radio is is overwhelmingly at least at least in my part of the country is overwhelmingly like focused on negative things. Yeah, it's just a lot and, easier to say, hey, and, this is what's wrong have, with this team. You know? And if you have a good team, people expect like, you know, you expect to win every week or expect to win every game. 
And when you don't, people will really focus on things that are bad. Like to use a local example for me, like the Celtics are obviously really good. And I think it was like on, on, on Tuesday night, they played the Bucks, and they didn't have, they only had one of their starters. Jason Tatum was out. Jalen Brown was out. Marcus Smart was out. Like they basically played their bench against a full strength Bucks team and they lost in overtime and the Celtics coach Joe Mazzulla like didn't use a timeout when people thought he should use a timeout. <laughs> and like the discussion was entirely like, like, you know, well, Joe Mazzulla, he doesn't know how to use timeouts. This is going to be, this is going to come back to bite us in the playoffs. It's so bad. And it's like, guys, like they were, they almost won a game against right. their like, best player was Sam Hauser. <laughs> yeah. Like Blake Griffin played 38 minutes in that game. Right. Like why are we focusing on this? But that's just how it goes. And I think that's true for, for kind of any, environment especially when the standard is set high yeah we're, we're in a takes industry these days you know sports and and and, and real all analysis of 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 athletics you know i i can't speak to like movie and tv i'm sure it's probably the same way there but it's all like this and and yeah you get that you know the super bowl we got it with you know uh, kansas city doesn't win this one i don't know is this can we really call them a dynasty unless they win another super bowl and it's like i don't know they've been in the mix for like the last half of a decade and and they're almost always a contender and they the quarterback is one of the best quarterbacks ever like i don't know that you, you could just enjoy that too like you don't have to be like oh man if Kansas City doesn't win this. And they did win it. It was like the game was in and then they did win it. It was like, oh, okay. But, but now day, next year, they're going to like lose in the conference, you know, final and be like, oh, I don't know. The, <laughs> like, the day after the Super Bowl was like full of people being like, is Patrick Mahomes the GOAT takes? And like, it was a weird thing because like no one really believed, no one was really going to be like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is now the GOAT. He can retire the GOAT. No one really believed that was like a real case to make, but they felt like they almost had to talk right, about it right. because that's what our sports culture demands is like, is this thing that's great that we are witnessing right now, now the greatest thing of all time? Um, and consequentially, if something bad happens, is it now like the worst thing to ever right. happen to going on? Should they break up the Chiefs? Should Andy <laughs> Reid retire, be forced to retire? It's just like, oh, okay. Should the Chiefs consider trading Patrick Mahomes now? <laughs> right, get like, value like, for him yeah. at his peak. <laughs> of course. Um, so... I wanted to kind of, so I, I mentioned like it's difficult to kind of frame this discussion because I think it, go, it can go in so many different ways. But I wanted to focus on like kind of the thing, which is I think there are primarily three groups of people who are more or less responsible for shaping a negative perception of AEW and, and, and steering our discourse into focusing too much on the negative things that AEW does, which then dominates the news cycle um and the discussion cycles that people are having on social media and part of it is because AEW fans have been dealing with this for four years and so now they're extremely defensive and you see that a lot we see it a lot in the, in the, the vow discord where like someone can raise a valid criticism but then AEW fans will will, will pile on big super defensive about it that's not an issue but you know this is fine um and it's because that's kind of like if you're going to be online talking about AEW, you're kind of naturally going to be defensive because you're usually dealing with a lot of stupid bullshit and stupid arguments that people are making. Right. It, it's what happened, you know, where AEW fans are kind of where Impact fans and TNA fans got in like 
it is it's very similar post like post hogan era because like th- there was obviously very valid criticisms for a lot but then like you know once the last five years or whatever where, where they're just so beaten down and so battered that like anytime you're like i don't know i don't really like that and they're like why do you hate it? it's like well i'm like i'm just i'm just that saying still like, exists that still exists rich like, yeah that's no, still, like... I mean, it, it's just like well i mean it's okay you, you understand why people but that's what i i feel like AEW fans have accelerated to that point already where like any criticism is like how dare you it's this is this is what I love. It, it's just it, it, it has gotten weird. You're right. They're they're just like they're so beaten down and so battered that they're just ready to 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 get defensive and get the swords up immediately. And it's like, oh, calm down, like calm down. It's like I'm not I'm not the guy you think I'm. I'm usually enjoy this show, but this is a very valid criticism. But they're just yeah, it, it, they're they're defensive uh, about everything. So, um, and I wanted to say like so there are three different types of negative AEW discourse influencers and when i say like influencers i really want to be clear about like i'm not just talking about like um like wrestling media figures or anything like that i'm talking about literally everybody who is active and engaging in AEW discussion online they can be people with prominent podcasts they can be you know former people in the wrestling industry they can be um you know prominent Twitter accounts that nobody knows the real person behind it, but they have a lot of followers. They can be, um, you know, historians and writers. They can be just regular people posting on Twitter and posting on Facebook comment sections. All just anyone that's engaging in the AEW discourse can be considered an influencer because you never know who's going to see the points that are being made and who's going to be heavily influenced by that. Um, and so I'm not like focusing on one specific like class of person. Certainly some people have way more influence than others, but I think it all works together and kind of feeding this discourse machine that we're going to discuss here. Um, and so the first one I think of, and I don't know, maybe these are, these are an order of prominence. Um, maybe I subconsciously organized like that. But the first one I want to talk about is I call them the Monday Night War Revivalists. And these are the people who believe that AEW is in a war with WWE, and they must always be compared to WWE, especially when it comes to business metrics. And there's a huge focus on, can AEW catch WWE? If the gap between WWE and AEW has grown, what does AEW need to do to close that gap? What can AEW do to be like, I don't know, more like WWE, but get more of WWE's fans to watch their product? Um and then the other part of it is like they also, and I've written a lot about this for WrestleNomics, which is the 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 fear of AEW one day going out of business like WCW. And so any sort of negative business trend, like perhaps dynamite rating being down this week, which it was, is now suddenly cause for panic. And you know, the the the, the Titanic has hit the iceberg and we got to figure out to get everyone on life rafts. Um, but I think these people. And it's, like I said, it's kind of everybody. It's not just a few reporters or a few analysts or a few old wrestling heads on Twitter. It's it's fans. It's people that are subconsciously or consciously living in this era where one someone has to win, Rich. It has to be either AEW mm-hmm. or WWE. There can only be one. It's very bizarre. Yeah, it, it's an outdated take, too. It's just, it, it, it's one that is not really rooted in any sort of reality. And, and we've talked about this a lot in the flagship, but when we discussed AEW closing the gap the way that they did 
last year when when all things were when they were firing on all cylinders with CM Punk was was there and 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 drawing big numbers and Danielson was there and Cole was there and there was a brief period where it was like oh my god they might catch these guys in the demo or they might catch these guys in in what we always said and we always push back on is that was less about wow AEW is killing it and more God damn! Why is WWE like? How did they let this happen? How did they let a company this new with the, the you know this few? It, it, it's just yeah, this this company is a brand new company, and yes, they have stars, and yes, they're doing stuff that's really really good, but they should not be closing this gap as much as they are. WWE is an institution. WWE is 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 to people wrestling in this country in America. People know wrestling as WWE, and and this new company, the startup, is almost at their heels and, and catching up to them. That was more the take from us. Other people maybe saw it the other way as wow, AEW. And now is are seeing any sort of downward trend from AEW as, Oh my God, they're falling apart. Oh my God. It's, 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 yeah. And, and, and I've, I've always pushed back against that. I just, I just think it's an outdated way to look at it. I, I think we exist, we, a wrestling universe exists where both of these companies can survive and, and, and both ways probably thrive. I mean, WWE is, is at this point, a juggernaut. We 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 know that. Your your listeners, you have smart listeners that know that they make a shit ton of money. There is no way that AEW is ever going to catch them, at least in in the next decade, two decades. It, it's going to be very very difficult ever to catch WWE on that level. And that's that's what WWE's done. I mean, from from the moment Vince McMahon took over the company, this is what he wanted. He wanted it to be so insurmountable that his company was so much bigger and better than every other, you know, wrestling company or sports entertainment company in the world or whatever that he was going to be the top dog. And he did it. And he 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 created that and they they've cultivated that and now it's just they've just been around for so long and they have such good deals and such good business. I mean, they're, they're, they're a machine. They're just a money-making uh, machine at this point. They're, they're post success. It doesn't even matter even what happens. They're just going to make money. They're just always going to make money. And, and hell, you could look at what's going on in the last couple of months where, you know, you have a, a, a coup from a, you know, a, a, a an alleged sexual abuser in, in Vince McMahon who just takes over the company. Everyone's just like, ah, all right, well, whatever, I guess they'll get $8 million or whatever, $8 billion. It's, it's, it's fine. We'll be good. It's just, it's, it's, it's wild, but, right. but that's what they've done. That's what they've created. So to try to think that, like, you know, it's this war and AEW needs to get at you know, again, it's it's really outdated stuff. And it and it goes back to the Monday Night War, like you mentioned. And for people that actually studied the business of WCW, one of the worst things that they ever did was be obsessed with beating WWF and, and obsessed with beating Raw and winning the ratings. Yes, it helped them get short-term success. Yes, they got to a point where they were making money hand over fist because they competed with WWF. But the problem was the obsession with that ended up tanking the entire company because once WWF does find Stone Cold Steve Austin and, 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 and strikes gold with Mr. McMahon and then finds The Rock and, and really get things rolling – WCW loses their goddamn minds. Whereas if WCW just said, all right, look, we had a little bit of a run. We we were beating them in the ratings. They're beating us in the ratings, whatever. You know, we're still making a shit ton of money because they were still making a ton of money. 1998 and 1999 and early 1999, I should say, they were doing okay. WCW was fine. And WCW could have existed in that space. They just decided that they were so obsessed with competing with the, the you know, WWF that they, everything was, uh, we got to win the ratings war. We got to win this ratings week. We got to win this. We got to, and in turn, they made a product that nobody wanted to pay for, nobody wanted to go to, nobody wanted to buy pay-per-views or whatever, and and, and ended up, you know, going out of business a couple of years later. So it's not really something that you should want to do. You should want to the, – the best way that AEW can exist is – we want to create just another pro wrestling company in this in this universe that can give a bunch of people jobs and 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 get TV deals and exist without necessarily needing to defeat the WWE or put WWE out of business. That's just a short sighted, dumb way to look at it. And it's just not the way a business should operate. And it's not the way you know competitive sports leagues 
the USFL should not be out there. I mean, because they're starting, I think, next week or this week or whatever. Their goal should not be, we're going to put the NFL out of business. That's insane. That is so stupid. They would never do that if they'd get laughed out of a room if they said that. Now, when Donald Trump entered the room, that's what he said. And they were all like, no, 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 that's not what we're trying to do, buddy. But, you know, he, he made decisions and they were bad because he makes a lot of bad decisions. But, uh, you know, many, many years ago, that was his plan. Well, we got to put the NFL out of business. It's like they're like, no, we're fine. We're doing OK. We don't need that. We just need to make a, You know, we just need to you know, make enough money, get a TV deal and we can operate on ourselves and, and, and do OK. XFL, the same deal. Like, I don't think The Rock is in this building saying, all right, here's what we're going to do to put the NFL out of business. Like, that's absurd. You're not going to do that. But for some reason, we kind of attribute wrestling companies to that is what the goal needs to be, is to put the other company out of business and compete that way. And so every, you know, judging AEW on that, you know, th- that that mentality is just, it's it's dumb and it's short-sighted. And I know that's not how that company operates either. I, I, I know it's not. Do they want to compete? Do they want to, you know, do they look at those numbers and go, okay, cool, we're getting pretty close. To the, I'm, I'm sure they do, but... They did not start AEW to put WWE out of business. That's just that that that's not what it existed for. They they created this to to create another wrestling company and to get jobs in wrestling, create their vision of wrestling and all that sort of stuff. Which kind of gets to your second point here. And then sorry for being a little long winded, but that fear of one day going out of business. And I had that too uh, when when AEW first started that first year. I constantly felt that like, ah, you know, anytime something was weird or wrong or whatever, I'm like, oh man, I don't know. Like Turner's gonna pull the plug on this thing and just say, screw it, we're done. But it was early 2022 or 2020, I should say, when they got that new TV deal or at least that new renewal or whatever it was from from Turner. And from that point forward, I was like, okay, Turner sees something in these guys and and, and are fine with it. You know, and and maybe they give it a try in late 2019 and say, ah, you know what? That's fine. We're just going to put reruns of the Big Bang. It's going to be the same amount of ratings. We're we're fine. But then AEW proved to be a valuable asset and, and, and proved to be give them, you know, the live sports aspect that so many networks want. And yeah, when they said in, in you know, early 2020, okay, yeah, you guys are good and, and we're going to you know, stick with you guys or whatever. I kind of lost that, you know, oh my God, they're going to go out of business. They're going to go out of business, but some people still haven't. And some people still are in this mindset that like one thing is going to go wrong. Like Tony Storm and Soraya are going to have a bad segment and Turner's just like, that's it. We're done. <laughs> we're pulling the plug. And it's just, it's so weird. And it's, 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 again, it goes back to like battered wrestling fans. I think people are so nervous because of how TNA kind of fumbled the bag in terms of being the second wrestling company and how WCW went out of business and how the territories got destroyed. So everyone's just kind of fearful that that's going to happen again. And it's like, that's, there, there's a little bit more business structure to, to, to AEW than there was those other companies. And they've already, they already have, a lot of success. They have a ton of success for a four-year-old company that that does not. I don't feel like they're on death's door, but yeah, you go the discourse every single week is like, ah, oh, this is it. This, well, and uh, this is over. And especially this week because, like, like me and you discussed doing this on Monday, so we didn't plan to do this to to have this kind of news break. But like Wednesday's Dynamite was a, a pretty mediocre show. I thought it was pretty boring. It was, but it was their weakest. It's probably their weakest Dynamite of 2023 so far. Um, and I was like, oh man, the, you know, this is why the discourse is broken because everyone is just like, that show was bad. What's going on? These storylines are bad. Tony needs to give up the book. Like it's just this complete overreaction online. And I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be really bad if this show does like a 0.28, because then that's going to just add fuel to the fire. And of course the show does a 0.27. So now everyone is justified in saying the show was bad. And now they're really geared up wondering, you know, is this the end? Is this the slippery slope that AEW is going to slide down? Um, and it's just, it's such a ridiculous thing. And we've learned certainly ever, if you follow the weekly ratings that you can have a disappointing rating one week and then a really good rating next week, like next week, Dynamite might do 
um, a 0.31, which it actually might because I believe the challenge is over and there'll be no NBA because of the all-star break. Right. So they actually stand a very good chance of doing quite a good rating next week. And if they do that, we can all like exhale and be like, oh, it looks like AEW is going to survive. What an exhausting uh, life. Like this week. No, but that's what it's like, Rich. It's, of, that's of why I said. Points. It's like, it, oh, that's my why God. I said, even though I know better. Yeah, it's, it's you, just you exhausting it, yeah. to like if I want to like participate in talking about AEW, which I obviously do. It's obviously like an important aspect of my life at this point. Um, it's just it's such a slog. Um Imagine no. the people at Turner doing the same thing, but they're they're probably not. You know what I mean? No, it's like no. you know, once every quarter, you know, whatever they'll, they'll they'll get into a room and someone will show a graph and they'll go, okay, yeah, sounds good, and then they'll move on to like whatever the next property that they have or whatever, and that's yeah. like probably as much time as they give to like the and and but us every week are like, oh well, the challenge will be gone. Well, well no, hold on, they're on their third finale, but they'll be gone next week, and then like the stuff that we obsess about, it's like yeah. it's it's absurd. And so the uh, some more stuff on the Monday Night War revivalists, and I said, um, you know, constantly trying to figure out how AEW can grow their audience and really compete with WWE, and that often leads to nitpicking small things and making these inane arguments as to why AEW isn't growing enough. It's it's, it's the demand for constant growth, and again, this gets back to if we accept the fundamental truth that AEW is a generally good wrestling product, which I think, like is really what enables some of these these thoughts because if you watch AEW and you have the mentality of they need to grow they need to be getting bigger like wade keller always mentions like the second million like that second million fan group that AEW needs to get watching every week because they have a core group of about a million fans that watch every week they need to get that second million how are they going to do that and if you watch AEW's product, there's nothing super obvious that stands out to you as a wrestling fan. Like, okay, why isn't this company growing? Like, you could watch, you could watch 2000 WCW and immediately identify, you know, why this company is struggling business-wise because the product was awful. You know, AEW, the product is generally good. So we're looking and they at convert they convert not to not to interrupt but they convert a ton of their viewership to buying pay-per-views which is huge yeah. people do not understand because wwf obviously or wwe has, has basically thrown in this howl on pay-per-views many many years ago in hopes of getting the wwe network off the ground which was kind of a not good at all kind of a disaster and then now just cashing it all into peacock so now it, it but you know tna people will bring up well tna used to have a million viewers or whatever they converted like Less than one percent of those people. I, I I'd have to look at the numbers, but not many people were buying those pay per views ever in, in TNA's entire. If you look at the the amount that AEW converts into pay per view buys, it's absurd. It's good. Like it's really really good. They they're clearly making a product that their fan base enjoys enough to pay even more to watch. You know, quarterly or whatever. In a way that a lot of other wrestling companies, almost no other wrestling company in the last you know two decades for sure, has been able to convert that level of fans into you know pay-per-view buying audiences which which is still important it does still make a shit ton of money mm -hmm. and and so but but when these people are you know if you watch aw's product like there's nothing there's a lot of things aren't the product is good so it's not super obvious what's wrong how how can't they get the next the, the missing million people and so what happens people point out like the dumbest things about 
you know, you could say like that you use the example of like Jim Cornette, like they, the Young Bucks didn't tag correctly. And, and that's why AEW is not going to be popular or there's not enough story packages. And a lot of this, again, comes with the idea of competing with WWE, which is like, how can AEW get more fans? Well, WWE has a lot of fans. Why can't they be more like WWE? And whether consciously or subconsciously, that's what a lot of people are doing when they're saying things like there's not enough um storylines or there's they need video packages to introduce people or they need to do this or they need to do that all things that are like standard wwe practices that they want AEW to do and i think that is a huge part of this discussion is people who are hyper focused on AEW's business and the constant demand for growth and because it's not super obvious what AEW is doing wrong there's a lot more nuance into the discussion of how AEW needs to if AEW wants to continue to grow its fan base what they need to do and kind of the things that need to happen and a lot of the things that need to happen are out of their control to be honest um but because of that, you get the nitpicking and these like the the people pointing out like the dumbest things possible that you can that you would say like, OK, there's no one actually watching this show outside of this specific person who's actually thinking that. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. That That is that's a, a great weekly occurrence is like the 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 casual fan is not going to understand this. And it's like but the person, you know, and, and Joe will always say this uh, when we talk about it on the flagship, like the person making that point understands it. Like they know they're like, well, I know what the story is, but the fans aren't going to know. And it's like, well, they, maybe they do. Maybe they do. And if they don't, they'll figure it out. Like they're okay. They, you know, right. it, it, things but will be it, okay. Like it it, all, it's fine. It all stems from this idea that there are like all these potential fans out there that AW could have that they're wasting. And how are they wasting it? And because the product is good, they have to settle on like really small arguments to 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 make to to make it make those arguments happen. Like they have to focus on these tiny little details that realistically, any if you think about it for five seconds, nobody is really going to focus on outside right. of that o one. Only person. the terminally online or the terminally like take obsessed people are going to really care. Like like you know, going back to the terminally online thing, like there's little minute things that like yeah, the normal person watching does not. They're not noticing that the young bucks tagged on their back and not on their hands, and it's like, yeah, well, you know. But to Jim Cornette, it's like, oh well, th this is why this company is just not going to work. And that's why it's an outlaw mud show, and it's not going to because they don't have any respect for the tag rope or whatever. And it's like, oh my god, like you know, and 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 fueled by Jim Ross on commentary sometimes as well, which didn't uh, didn't help for a while. But well, know. and and even like obvious things like people will say that AEW has too much blood, and maybe maybe that is a turnoff for some fans. I'm definitely not against that concept. But people will focus on that and they'll ignore like the fact that like literally anytime someone blades and there's blood, the the fans get into it, the quarter hours go up, like it literally works 100% of the time. That's why blading happens in wrestling. And people will make the argument against all evidence that suggests it's not true, but people will make the argument like it's too much blood and they're turning people off and, and Turner's not going to like it or whatever. And it's like, again, focusing on something that really we don't really have a ton of evidence to suggest is is actually factual that like yeah, and, and like actually you know speaking of like straight up not factual stuff is you know the, the people will go back to the pizza cutter incident with you know nick gage and and chris jericho in the domino's yeah. pizza commercial and then you know just blatantly false reporting that domino's was upset and livid about it and then later comes out like they, they don't they didn't know they didn't care like you know it, it, and but people still this is the problem with with just straight up lying or the discourse online is like eventually things just snowball and people just use stuff forever and so yeah you still get people that say you know if you say ah no i don't think turner cares like well what about Domino's? Domino's care and it's like no they didn't no they didn't wwe but 
like uh, planted a press release essentially. Yes. Saying that Domino's was upset. And then I think like one uh, news site ran with it. And it I don't remember out. which one. Yeah, I, I don't want to. No, I'm not going to. Let's go wrestling news with seven Z's.co or yeah, something like that. Did yeah, it, so. some, yeah. some scum dirt <laughs> right. site ran with right. it. And um, and that that's more of it. That's almost like a separate issue, which is like wrestling reporting is bad. So which has it often sometimes can have a negative impact on AEW. But uh, I want to move along to our second group of people. Again, a very critical group here. And these are the alternative skeptics. And by alternative skeptics, I don't mean they are skeptics who are alternative. I mean, they are skeptical of an alternative product to wrestling. And these are people who are hesitant or in some cases downright resistant to any form of non-WWE wrestling. And that, that could be because they have simply never been exposed to non-WWE wrestling. Maybe they're younger. They don't remember WCW and they didn't go back and watch anything or they never really watched indie wrestling or New Japan or any of the wrestling that has become somewhat prominent in the 2010s. Um, or they just have a strong allegiance to WWE for, for whatever reason. They loved Vince McMahon is like their grandfather. They loved watching WWE or WWF as a kid. And they're just that's just the product that they like. And they have no curiosity about anything else. Um and these are a lot of a lot of fans, um, you know, a lot of like analysts and, and journalists and stuff like that are familiar with non-WWE wrestling. But a lot of this is, comes from like fans and people who are just uh, they just don't understand non-WWE wrestling and AEW doing a lot of different practices that WWE wouldn't do confuses them. And can lead to frustration and it can lead to a lot of criticism. And again, it can lead to some of like the dumbest arguments. And a lot of it can go be traced back to the fact that WWE wouldn't do this. So therefore, people automatically assume that whatever AEW, do, AEW is doing is incorrect and needs to be fixed if the company wants to be successful. It's very weird. Yeah. And and I think there is a generation of wrestling fans, as, as sad as that is, there is a generation of wrestling fans that do not know any other wrestling. But what's been presented to them from WWE. And, and there's also generation fans that saw other alternatives all lose and, and, and lose spectacularly to WWE and assume that the only reason why they lost is because WWE just presented a superior product. Right. And that is the way that that wrestling must be because they proved that's how you do it. You know, that's the formula. That's how you do it. That's the way to do it. If you want to be successful wrestling, you must do the way that WWE does it. And, and I've always pushed back against that. I don't think that's healthy at all. I, I think one of the, the biggest problems that, that TNA eventually did in their life cycle was decide, okay, we've got to be more like WWE and, and, you know, Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan famously getting into the ring and, and grabbing the format sheet and saying, we're tearing up the format sheet or whatever. And this six ring is going to go away. This hokey shit's going to go away. And the fans booing because that was TNA's identity was the six sided ring. And, and TNA's identity was, you know, the X division and TNA's identity was, was a strong knockouts division. And there was a while where TNA, despite doing a lot of really dumb stuff all, all along the way, there was a time where TNA felt like a true alternative and then little by little, they kind of stripped all that away in the Hogan era. And now they're touring and doing, you know, these arena shows with a four-sided ring and everything's blue and red. And it's just like, all right, this is just, you know, this is the same thing. It's just a, a worse version of WWE. So why am I going to watch this? And I don't know why people want that out of their alternative wrestling. They want a, a, a version of WWE 
that maybe they they think is better, but ultimately will probably come across as second rate because it's WWE. You can't compete with them on a production level. You can't compete with them on 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 a a pomp and circumstance level. You can't compete with them on an, on a, on a a level of you know understanding in the public of what WWE is. So why try to do that? Why why not do what you know Paul Heyman famously said about ECW? You know, accentuate the positives and hide the negatives. We can't do you know the great stadium shows like they could do. That's fine. We'll do better wrestling. We can't do this. Well, okay, we'll do raunch. We'll we'll do what that is the way to go. Not not try to be as close to WWE as possible. But but like you said, there there just is for some reason a segment of fans who either only know WWE wrestling and and those people I I, I kind of give a little bit of a pass. Um, I would also suggest that they, you know, watch other wrestling because there's years and years, there's decades upon decades upon decades of wrestling. There's wrestling in Mexico. There's wrestling in Japan. There's wrestling in Europe. There's wrestling in Australia. There's plenty of wrestling to watch to see how other stuff is done. Hey, there's even independents that do stuff a little different, but you know, for them, I, I get it. But then there's your older fans who just have this weird complex that, well, the only way to be successful is to do the wrestling the way WWE does. And, and I just... I really, really, really push against that. I just do not think that's true whatsoever. And 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 well, they, I think that's a negative, really, more than anything. WCW, they, really. You know, in, in 1999, when they bring in Vince Russo, and he's like, all right, we're going to do Attitude Era shit in WCW, it accelerated that company's destruction because nobody wanted that. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a logic to what you, the kind of what you're saying here in the sense that, like, WWE's been the most successful wrestling company, so therefore their version of wrestling is the one that will have the most mass appeal and will be the best version of wrestling. Um, which there's 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 logic in in saying that, but of course, when we talk about think about that in like any other business, like we talk about like, okay, should Burger King do exactly what McDonald's does? Because McDonald's is the biggest, you know, hamburger fast food chain in the world. It's like, no, Burger King should be do something similar to McDonald's, but they should do a lot of things differently to make right. people want to go to Burger King because people are always going to, you know, lead lean on McDonald's because it's it's the biggest brand. Um, so that kind of logic you would never use in like real business. Like if I was if I opened if there was a lemonade stand across the street from me and I opened up a lemonade stand and I wouldn't be like, man, I got to be just like this other lemonade stand. I'd be like, no, what can I do differently to attract customers to my new lemonade stand? Right. The lemonade so they, stand has been there since the 20s and is you know yeah. famous and on the national you know re historic register. And you're yeah. like, why well, I do exactly what they do? No, because people are going to go to that one. There's no reason to go right. there. It's the complete. So it's like there's no if you actually think about it from like a economics and a business sense, it obviously makes no sense. And it's all about. What can AEW do to provide an alternative? And, you know, I'll, I'll move the slide along here because I think, like, one thing I want to stress is, like, not all of these people are, like, bad faith trolls. Some people, like, genuinely want to embrace AEW. They they think they are excited about the alternative that AEW presents. They are excited that they don't just have WWE to watch. They're into AEW. They might watch every week. They might buy the pay-per-views. But still, years of that WWE exposure can leave them confused and can still make them feel like AEW is doing things that is is going to make them look second rate. And AEW does do things that make them look second rate from time to time. Oh, sure. For sure. But, but the idea is still kind of like, I want to like AEW, but like, I'm, st I still got WWE brain worms and I'm still like, I'm trying my best to enjoy it, but there's still some things that I have problems with it. And that ends up getting blasted off into the discourse. And of course there, are also people who kind of still view AEW only through the lens of how they impact WWE. You mentioned this a lot as like there are people who only were interested in AEW because they wanted WWE to be better. Right, they wanted... right. They thought it was going to challenge them to 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 be better, and you know you can argue maybe they did and 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 whatever, but 
Um, no, it, yeah, it, it does feel like for them, AEW just presented an opportunity for WWE to get a competition in the marketplace and maybe be better about how they approach their business. And now they don't really give a shit about, you know, a true alternative. They just wanted somebody to kind of push back on WWE. And and that I, I get it. I get it. But I don't know, it's kind of strange, too. Yeah. And it's it's entirely kind of viewing AEW as like whether it's like a WWE minor league where like WWE can poach talent from AEW or AEW is a place where you know, a, t- a talent can go if they're not being used appropriately in WWE and then they can, you know, get a big push in AEW and then they can come back and be a big star. This is the Cody Rhodes route, of course. And the idea that like WWE is home. WWE is ultimately where all of these wrestlers want to be. AEW is the second rate thing. And fans share that approach that like WWE is still my number one. I, I like AEW if WWE is not giving me what I want or I just want to watch something a little bit different. But I'm always going to go back to the WWE product, the WWE version of the product. And ultimately, I kind of think AEW should be like WWE, even though that's probably not the best course of business for AEW. Yeah, it, it, it's it's th- there is that group of, of fans as well. And and again, like I, I we're going to talk about people I'm going to be a little bit more negative on. I'm not as negative on this group because I don't think that this group is acting in bad faith. I just don't know that they uh, either know any better or they just they're, they're, they have their, you know, they have their thoughts. They have their their, their opinions about stuff and they just kind of. You know, so so I I they're they're the ones that I think I'll be least negative on because I get I get where they're coming from. I understand their their brains a little bit more than I understand some of these other people's brains or what some of these other people are doing. But it does at the same time. It's just it 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 leads to I don't know. It's just a really shallow, empty way to enjoy pro wrestling when there can be so many different alternatives. And the idea that we've we've been in the doldrums for the last 20 years in major American wrestling. And yes, the independents were, were able to fill that void uh, for some people. And Ring of Honor was able to do it. And Evolve was able to do it. And and maybe your local indie started booking, you know, top, top tier talent because WWE was, you know, not hiring them for so many years or whatever. And that was really, really cool. But I just think it's just a boring way to go about wrestling is thinking that there can only be one way and there must only be one way, but I get why people think that. And that's again, WWE, that is what their goal has been. Vince McMahon's goal in 1983 was to create this atmosphere where people think that there's only one thing that, that wrestling isn't wrestling. Wrestling is WWE and, and WWE is sports entertainment and wrestling doesn't exist and things can only be that style or whatever. That's what he wanted to create. And, and, and goddamn, he did. <laughs> he absolutely did. Uh, so those people are more victims of, how wrestling has kind of been structured over the last, you know, couple of decades and not necessarily acting in, like you said, bad faith or, 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 or just trying to be grifters or anything like that. We'll, we'll, we'll reserve the actual hatred for those people coming up in a bit. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're coming. Don't worry. I think this, this group kind of cats cast a wide net and there are definitely are some people that I like, I'm not like really like critical of. I just, um, they're just people who influence the discourse, but they, they ultimately don't know any better, but there also are people who are, really resistant to non-WWE wrestling and will be very aggressive in pointing out why. And they'll say like, oh, you know, only nerds watch, you know, AEW or New Japan or whatever, and will dismiss anything that's not WWE as, as second rate, as as not major league. And I don't know why that is. It may be because it makes them feel better about, you know, people like to root for a winner. And if WWE gets a higher rating and makes more money then they feel like they're justified in supporting WWE as opposed to someone else. Um, there's definitely a lot of people, I think from the attitude era who were big WWE fans and have been basking in the glory of 
WWE defeating WCW and being triumphant and dislike the idea that another company could come along and be as successful as AEW has. So I think there's a little bit more nastiness in this group than just like the people who just simply don't know any better. But I do agree that like I want to and, and want to point out here that like not all these people are like these troll bad faith people. They're people who genuinely want to like AEW, but they're kind of held back by their, you know, fealty towards WWE. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. So the last category I have here, and these are group number three, and these are the partisan trolls and grifters. These are people with obvious disdain for AEW talent and are almost never going to be objective about the AEW product. Um, and they, and like, again, they could be people with prominence in wrestling. They could be people like Jim Cornette and Eric Bischoff, who, for whatever reason, have just very obvious axes to grind against AEW or talent within AEW. But it's also, you know, your popular troll accounts on social media and the people, those people that also somehow managed to engage a wide following of fans. Um, and they're just, they're not going to be unbiased and they're going to work to spread misinformation about the product. Yeah, and these people deserve all the hatred <laughs> scored as possible because they're just, they're, they're acting in complete obvious bad faith uh, uh, about stuff they're not fair they're not objective but the problem is they're arguably the most amplified you, you know jim Cornette, eric bischoff a week doesn't go by when where you do not get a headline of of eric bischoff on his show saying all oh, the pro you know they don't do, in AEW. they don't do three act stories and that's why nobody you know watches their show and that's why they're ultimately going to die and all it, it's and and jim Cornette's stuff and and the problem more than anything is that people don't see it for what it is and people don't understand that you can like you. You know what? You can be entertained by Jim Cornette. I get it. There was many years in my life where I thought Jim Cornette was hilarious, and I, I still, I part of me does still think he's really, really funny about stuff. The problem though is that you need to understand that he's just this character. And you, if you, if you, if you think he's entertaining and fun or whatever, that's fine. You can listen to him and go, ha ha. He called them, you know, twinkle toes, ha ha, and then move on with your life. Like that's fine. But then to, to it, it kind of with the power of YouTube and the power of social media and the power of, of, of one Jim Cornette's able to do, he's, he's extre- extremely talented. You know, that that's why he's in the wrestling business is because he was really good at, 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 at getting you to believe and getting you to subscribe to what he's talking about and getting you to kind of listen to him. And, 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 you know, that's why you were going to the arena to watch, you know, the midnight express or whatever, because that's what he was doing in the eighties. And he's still doing it today. You're going to yes, go back a, to the, he's YouTube a channel. professional huckster and yes. he's, he's literally in a hall of fame for being so good. Yes, of being a professional a liar. He's one of the best professional liars of all time time uh and but then people will kind of say like oh yeah you know what I mean, jim Cornette was right you know kenny omega doesn't uh doesn't know how to work because he i'm uh, not he's... saying jim Cornette is right about everything but these make some really good points that <laughs> right, AEW right, should right. follow yeah and and that's like you could just say like and that's uh, the way i treat Cornette. And i'm like oh yeah you know someone will say oh he said this and i'm like oh, i guess that's kind of funny and then i move on with my life but they're like no 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 don't you agree that like kenny omega is like terrible because he you know he he his hair's too long or whatever and i'm like I, no like what are you talking about you know like i the one i always go back to is is my my buddy you know showed up one you know we're, we're watching a a young bucks match we we're live at a dynamite and the young bucks tagged on their backs and he goes, yeah, you know, Jim Cornette's right. You know, you can't, you shouldn't be tagging on your back. You should tag on your hands. And I turn around, I'm like, 
he said that Jim Cornette and he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like Jim Cornette manager of the midnight express who basically invented that move is now saying that the reason why the young bucks suck and AEW is going to go out of business is because they tag on their backs and not on their hands. And he said, yeah. And I was like, Jesus, goddamn Christ. Like I hate this world. I, I just absolutely hate this world. And that's the kind of bad face stuff that it's like, that's not rooted in any sort of reality. And I don't think Jim Cornette even believes it either. I, I, well, I don't know at this point, he might be so off the deep end that he might start but there was a time where he was just clearly coming up with stuff to just kind of get mad about and, and, and say, because it was, you know, that, that he was placating to a fan base that really enjoyed that, that enjoyed the, Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's really giving it to AEW. <laughs> He's really giving it to him. But now it's kind of cultivated this entire, you know, he calls him the cult of Cornette and really we're, we're, we're kind of there where, yeah, you're, you're right. It's just this obvious, obvious stuff that he's saying and obvious disdain, but then every single week, it just, it just eats up so much of the discourse and, and, and really Cornette, it does feel like he's kind of retreated a little bit in the last couple of years. And there has been, a, you know, you look at his numbers, you look at his Patreon numbers or stuff. It does feel like a lot of people are kind of just like, all right, I, I get it. I'm kind of bored of this. You're kind of in the stone age or whatever, but then you get guys like, you know, an Eric Bischoff who gets platformed on major, 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 major platforms and whose headlines are, are, are always used and his podcasts are using every single headline. So every single week, you know, multiple times per week, you get Eric Bischoff colon, like, AEW needs to learn how to tell stories or they're going to meet their untimely doom or whatever. And it's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And then you listen and it's just like, there's nothing to it. it it's, it's, it's boring. There's not much. And it's Eric Bischoff telling us this. I, I love Eric Bischoff telling me, Oh, well, you know, uh, you need to have a three X story. And if you don't have a three X story, you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to fail. Oh, well, like you, like you failed. Cause you didn't know how to tell three X stories or whatever, but it, it's, it's so strange and it's so weird, but the problem is that they're so amplified and they're so good at what they do because they're very good professional liars that, that yeah, the discourse just becomes inundated with it and it becomes a thing that people subscribe to because, well, Eric Bischoff said it and he helped WCW win the Monday Night War. So, you know, or help him lead and win the, you know, 83 weeks or whatever. So he must know what he's talking about. Or it's Jim Cornette. I mean, of course, Jim Cornette knows what he's talking about. And it, it's, it's just, yeah, it, 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 it's wild, but the fact that they are so believed and so, you know, just, yeah, they're just put on a, a pedestal. It, it, it just boggles my mind, but yeah, they, they're the worst ones because they, I think that they know better and I know that they know better, but they know that a fan base is going to eat up everything that they say, you know, negative towards AEW and, and, and it causes this, the cycle of negativity that just, yeah. it's not good for anybody. The thing I, I, the thing with like the Cornette criticisms um, to use an example and, and people that parrot them is that, they're like really easy to disprove and show that they're wrong. Like, they, like let's go with the idea. Like, they're the young bucks get out there and they just do a bunch of flips. And it's like, you want to know what happens when the young bucks go out there and they do a bunch of flips? The crowd goes crazy and they're super over and the matches are hot and they usually draw money or they pop quarter hours and they're Sell the most t-shirts they're the most successful tag team like of the last 20 years like the the company was created because they yes, did a bunch of fucking yes. flips and threw a bunch of super kicks the like that's evidence, why there's a company on turner <laughs> networks every single week the young bucks they... took off literally because they they did the opposite of what jim Cornette told them to do yes that's in their book that's what they say um and like, but people will still pair at those points. And it's like, guys, the, 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 ob you're obviously wrong. It, it would be like, it's like, it's like when people would say like, you know, the golden state warriors, they can't win as a three point shooting team. You just, you can't win the NBA as a jump shooting team. It's like, well, the golden state warriors have won four championships, uh, you know, and still, and then still saying that it's like, it's obviously wrong. 
anyone with a brain can know. And you know that like Bischoff, I'm not sure because I, I just think Bischoff is like just an incredibly dumb person when it comes to stuff. <laughs> He's a moron, yeah. But you know, like Cornette, Cornette knows unless better. his knows brain better. is just melted, and that's very likely a possibility. Like Cornette knows like if I'm watching something and that I see the crowd going crazy, that that thing is over and that thing is a positive to a wrestling show, even if it's not, even if you don't personally like it yourself, like you can, you, you know, that as a wrestling business person, but if we're grifting here and we've got to placate an audience, you have to play it up. And one thing I want to touch on here is that you can argue that, um, that like, okay, who cares what Jim Cornette says or who cares what Eric Bischoff says or who cares what, you know, WWE Gareth or some troll account, <laughs> you know, says about this. And that's true. Like, I don't, like when they say stupid stuff, I am able to just personally be like, that's dumb. They're stupid. I don't care. But this does influence AEW discourse. It does spread information and it does promote a negative perception of the company. And it does that by trickling down and influencing those day-to-day conversations surrounding the product and you talked about the youtube algorithm and things like that like this is i think a sign i've talked to people about this like a lot of people who are you know maybe they're lapsed fans maybe they were big fans during the attitude era and you know they're on youtube and they're watching some attitude era clips and then all of a sudden they're watching some you know attitude era you know little documentaries that people made or interviews with with older guys talking about this angle and then all of a sudden they're watching jim Cornette, and all of a sudden they're watching jim Cornette talk about aew and maybe they don't even know what aew is but now they're hearing this two hundred thousand viewed video on youtube where jim Cornette's talking about you know, Kenny Omega and calling him Kenny Olivier and, uh, you know, doing his, his shtick. And that's what those people, that's those people's introduction to AEW. That's those people's thoughts on AEW. Potential fans, potential fans who like wrestling and maybe would consider starting to watch wrestling again if a product entertained them. And they're being influenced by the algorithm that is spitting out these grifters and these charlatans that are going to lie to these people about the product um, or just give them a totally distorted view on, on, on why the product is bad. And that does play a major influence and it does play a major role in preventing AEW from even getting some potential fans through the door one time because the perception of AEW that's being spread around by all of these old-time grifters and grumpy old wrestling people that the business has passed by and all of these these guys who are you know who are allegedly experts in the wrestling industry but can't get jobs in the business that they're allegedly experts in they <laughs> or had a job and lost it in three months like yeah the case of Eric Bischoff didn't leave the catering room right right all still out of touch yeah. that are just that are just cooked as contemporary wrestling minds they are playing a role in influencing and preventing I think AEW from getting some lapsed fans or some fans that maybe would be interested in seeing a product that does tell stories that does have a lot of influence by, you know, like Bill Watts's mid South wrestling and, and other, you know, tenements of, of old wrestling that they maybe enjoy. Uh, and they're not going to get through the door. They're not going to start watching it because their introduction to AEW and their in- introduction to a discussion with AEW is one of these guys just ripping on it to, to placate their audience. Yeah, it, it, I I do think yeah. Again, you would like to think that it doesn't actually have an influence on people, but I think that 
you know, and, and people that do say that, like you said, I, I think that they're just ultimately wrong. I mean, it, it, it does. We are all influenced by what we see online, what we read online. Yeah. Like, like you I said, mean, talk you to want anyone. to watch Ant-Man, but you looked at a bunch of reviews or people talking and they said that sucks. And you're like, eh, all right, I'll find something else to do. Like, yeah, you know, it talk, does. Even if talk, even if, to, talk yeah. to anyone who's like maybe like a wrestling fan, maybe primarily a WWE fan or a Laps fan and just ask them what they think about AEW. And I, I've had these conversations with people because like you rich like occasionally like people that i that are not super close with but they'll wrestling will come up or i'll mention that i you know do some stuff in wrestling and have a, a you know write for a couple sites and things like that and people are like oh wrestling and then then i'll have a conversation with them about wrestling um and you know a lot of the time when it's like so aw what's that and like i'm like oh it's this new product and a lot of the times they might not have like a so is it just like trying to be like wwe but it's worse or like is it just this like little thing like people who don't know really anything about aw are influenced by these these people who they're they're getting into their lives through whether it's getting a recommended tweet by by somebody or they're getting a the youtube algorithm recommended a video that started auto playing after they were done watching another video and it's jim Cornette mid rant or or anything like that it do it do, like if you talk to people it does influence them yeah, of course it's i mean we, we anybody who doesn't think that it that 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 influences them is just you know not really not living in the, the world that we're living in like look around i mean it, it, the stuff going on you know social media and youtube and, and twitter and instagram and facebook or whatever it is all designed and built on the algorithm to try to get you to a direction whatever that direction may be and either it's you know you lean one way for a little bit and then they decide okay great this is where you're going now but like yeah look at look at what's going on in the world in the last couple of years and the way that you know these aggressive algorithms will, will get you to what you want to get to or will put you in a direction or whatever. So to try to assume that like that, that, that humans and, and yes, should humans be stronger enough to not be completely influenced by an algorithm and, and the way a uh, suggested video is, is, is being sent to them and way suggested. Yeah, sure. They should be, but they're not. I mean, we just know the way that look at society, look, look at America right now, look at how divided we are a, as a country and, and on so many different levels on so many different things is because, you know, it's not only because of social media, but God damn it. It's really, really aided and really accelerated. Uh, by social media so, so to try to say that wrestling for some reason is not you know going to succumb to those same sort of things and that wrestling fans are not going to succumb to those sort of things and the reason why people don't like AEW is just because it's not good or not whatever like no it, they're everybody is being influenced by you know the way that 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 social media is structured and and like we've pointed out there there's a lot of business and there's a lot there's not much I, I will tell you I don't I do not see a lot of videos that say AEW is great everything is going well like I don't know about you I don't see a whole lot of those YouTube videos no, I don't get a I, lot of them sent to me yeah and I and I watch probably a lot more like AEW content on YouTube than I do like anti-AEW right content right I'm the same but I'm, I'll pop onto my YouTube right now and I could probably tell you that the first few videos are like you know, oh, why AEW needs to fix this or why, you know, and, and that's just the way things go. It, it, it Again, like we talked about at the beginning, you know, negativity is kind of the better, the more successful of the take culture than, than, than it's either, or like you said, it's either is AEW the greatest wrestling company ever? Is this the best thing we've ever seen ever? Or this company's going out of business. Everything sucks or whatever. That's just the way it is. But yeah, the, in the middle, Hey, AEW doing pretty good. Turner seems to really like them. <laughs> you know, that, that, that video is not going to get that many views, but you know, Jim Cornette, the young bucks are ruining the wrestling business. That is going to do a little bit better just because it, 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 it will create, and it also creates a lot of, um, 
you know, the antagonistic part of that too, where maybe people get on that video and say, Jim Cornette, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. And then there's a thousand comments of people arguing in the comments, but that's exactly what they want because that's just pumping up the algorithm even more saying, Hey, people like this. People are interested in this stuff because that is what gets people talking. Not, Hey, I think AEW does most things pretty good. And I'm curious to see if they get another TV deal. That video is not doing much. That video is not getting the, the, the 10,000, hundred thousand views that, you know, the young bucks are killing wrestling. And here's why. Uh, video is going to get so it's just yeah it's just the nature of the beast unfortunately which is just yeah and and people know that and and these professional liars these you know that they 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 pry on it and they understand it and it's led to where we are now where the discourse is just fucking beyond exhausting yeah so i think like looking for it's like can this can aw move past this can aw be in a position where the discourse has changed in Four years into the company, I'm kind of doubtful that it's going to. It's in, in the way our society seems to be operating. It seems like it's almost only going to get worse, or at least I'm only going to become more and more aware of it as time goes on. Um, one thing is that the quality of the programming doesn't seem to matter. Like it doesn't actually matter if AEW is good or bad in a lot of ways. I, I suppose it would be significantly worse if AEW's product was was really bad. But because even the product being good doesn't change anything. It doesn't seem like it really influences people to, to pick one way or another. If they're not beating WWE in the ratings and they're not being exactly like WWE as a product, and obviously the grifters are a lost cause, it doesn't really matter if the shows are good or, or, or not. And I think like AEW, of course, can't just be a wrestling company that does really good wrestling stuff. It has to be like this, this company that's going to change wrestling forever and defeat WWE or, or lose to WWE and it can't just exist in a, a strong position where it entertains its its sizable core fan base and that's it it has to be some big huge thing as opposed and I think that's where like I think the quality of the product almost has no has no real bearing on actually what we talk about as AW fans yeah and 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 you you mentioned this slide here the new tv deal and, and could that influence some of these feelings and i think it will I, I i really do think that that is probably the next hurdle we have to get past and i say that now like trying to like hope maybe that that's the case and and hope and pray that that's the case but i do think that getting like a long-term agreement and maybe it being a five-year tv deal or whatever for a good amount of money with turner or whatever might be might might lead to because we said a lot of a lot of genuine fans have this fear that this company is going to go away that this company is going to go away they're going to go out of business Turner's going to say ah we're not that interested and Tony's not going to be able to find another network and it's just going to go away and then we're going to go right back to not having a competitive wrestling company don't forget that Warner Brothers has had a lot of uh, management changes and right, each right. person that comes in might hate wrestling like Jamie Kellner did. <laughs> right yeah one which again that th that comp is always the worst because it's like you know why jamie kellner hated wrestling because it was losing a shit ton of money there was disaster on his network yeah. if that was me if it was 1998 and he took over even if he said hey we got to get this company off our network people were probably like uh it's doing the best ratings and it's making a lot of money so no but instead he came in and inherited just this absolute millstone on, on on their books and saying, what the hell? Why are we paying for this thing that's taking up primetime television and losing a shit ton of money? Very justified, Jamie Keller. Very justified. But yeah, people keep going back to that, which was also like 20 years ago, well over 20 years ago. And we're still uh, uh, doing that, which is just absolutely absurd. But you're like, oh, I, the other Turner thing, too, is like when the new people took over, they're like, 
remember people were looking at like the LinkedIn profiles of these people being like, oh, I don't think this woman likes blood. And it's like, you don't know anything about her. <laughs> like, and also she was running to like, like running TLC when TLC was the trashiest of the trash. Like the learning channel became the 600 pound life channel under her watch. Like, are we really sure she's like a prestige? You know, yeah, the person? best was the best. The best thing about like the Turner people don't like blood and that kind of thing was like, um, someone had like the the lineup for like Shark Week. Like, here's what's gonna be on, you know? Yeah, like Discovery Shark tonight. Attacks Nine or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like it's like it's like blood in the water, the bloodiest shark encounters, and it's like this is like the most heavily promoted block of programming, non sports programming that Turner does every single year, and it's literally just like watch this incredible graphic real violence from from the animal kingdom uh, all week on on Turner. It's like nah, but they're gonna be turned off because John Moxley <laughs> cut himself a little bit in the match yeah it's it's crazy so i i think the new tv deal probably could help some of those fans and make them feel like okay this thing's at least here to stay for another five years hopefully i say that and knowing full well it probably won't but god damn it i'm hopeful that that will do it i really do because because i still feel like they're 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 people feel it's very untenable and that the company is close to maybe and, and it's not it's it's just not but right. it, but people in a way sometimes act like Tony is spending a hundred million dollars every year on AEW. Yeah, and losing a hundred million dollars too, yeah. and lo and losing he's, you know billions of dollars. He's losing his hat, yeah. and there's only there's a finite amount of time where he could hold out, and eventually he's going to have to close up shop or something like that. As opposed to the reality, which is we don't know what AEW is doing, but are presumably operating on some sort of budget, and are according to what there's a report like last year that they would be in the black except tony invested a bunch of money in a video game or whatever yeah, yeah. but but people sometimes operate like the idea that AEW like they need that new tv deal to make to be worth a lot of money otherwise it's game over and it's like i, I don't know tony khan's family's worth like 12 billion dollars so you know maybe maybe he maybe he can stand to lose a few more uh you know some money for the next yeah. few years oh, yeah, yeah. especially because yeah, sure. it's clearly a huge passion project for him um so, yeah, and, and that company is still that 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 family is still making a lot of money. That's not it's not like they they invested in AEW and now all of their other businesses are now you know no no the, all their other businesses are still making a lot of money. So uh, they, I think they have a pretty decent runway to go. I, mean, I, some... I have I've said this before. I I wish I wish I wish only for the best for Shad Khan. I wish that he goes on and and has a a, a very long and and successful life and he lives to be 150 years old, but he's in his late 70s. Um, if something were to happen to Shad Khan, like think about how much money Tony Khan would now have at his disposal. Right. You want to see crazy poster Tony Khan? Wait till he has that full inheritance. Oh yeah, yeah. And say he gets that inheritance and decides, I don't really care about the Kings, like or the, the Jaguars. I'm not that excited about the Jaguars. Um, I'm he gonna sell the Jaguars. He, he's yeah. not gonna sell Fulham because he'll die at that club. No, he's gonna die at that club. <laughs> Go to hell. Uh, but uh, yeah, say he just goes. Ah, you know what? I'm not interested in the Jaguars. I'm going to sell it. Well, there's an inf uh, an infusion of I don't know, seventeen billion dollars or some absurd number. Who the hell knows at that point when when you know in in, in ten years or whatever. Yeah, it, it's people just don't comprehend how much you know. And, and yeah, will there come a point? If there was a point where that company was moving, where where AEW was losing so much money that that Shad had to say, Tony, you're my son and I love you, but I cannot keep and you cannot keep doing this. This is terrible for our family business. Like I don't think we're anywhere 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 remotely close to that and but people sometimes think we are yeah people act like that and that's why like the new I, i'd like to think the new new tv deal could finally ease some of that anxiety it's never gonna ease the people who think that aw needs to be beating wwe 
But for the people who are kind of like concerned that AEW is going to end up like WCW and so much is riding on this this new TV deal and kind of the way like Dave Meltzer talks about it kind of makes it. Yeah, seem like yeah. It and is. And Dave has really hit this over the head. And that, that's yeah. it's been kind of disappointing how worried he is uh, about that TV deal. And the other problem, the other thing, too, is it's so strange because. I think a lot of people are in the wrestling bubble, so they just know only wrestling and only wrestling. Like you said, they're kind of stuck in that algorithm bubble too. You and I, we both watch the NBA a lot. We watch other stuff on Turner. Like they advertise the hell out of AEW. Absolutely. Every every time an NBA on TNT, commercial breaks for for Dynamite. The the you you see Dynamite posters on the side of of, of NBA buildings. You see, you know, the guys will talk about it. They'll cut into a game and say, you know, this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite or whatever. You have Kevin yeah, Harlan. It gave, it gave us. What, what, I think it was. Marv Jerico, Chris Jerico, yeah, right? Jerico, <laughs> Marv Albert going Chris Jerico, and the like the most famous person in all AEW, elite wrestling, like the most famous person in AEW. He just couldn't say, and his his yeah. his last name is like a oh, like a like a Jericho, like a, yeah, which it's is like a well known word, term, yeah. <laughs> right? That people are uh, Chris uh, Jerico, yeah, we'll be on AEW. <laughs> I love it; it's the best. But like they advertise the hell of it. You go to TNT's website, the first thing that's on the website is AEW. You go to TBS.com to go to shows the first thing is is, is dynamite tnt.com the first thing is rampage like they seem to like the product and guess what it delivers a lot of really really good ratings for them so it's possible i know it's wild to believe but it might be possible that turner does enjoy having them as a property on their networks but again it's like the discourse is that they're doing tony a favor for a short term and then they're going to say this is over we can't keep having this crap on our network or whatever and it's just it's not rooted in any sort of reality so i do think that new tv deal will hopefully Help it a bit, and then we can focus on other really, really dumb stuff for a little while. Instead. Unless the t- unless the TV deal is like a little. Dave says the TV deal is like kind of disappointing. Like they and could that, get a new TV deal, and it's like what's going to be disappointing? Like, and that's the other no, issue. Well, and the average wrestling, the average dollars. person, the average person yeah. has absolutely no idea what would be like a disappointing right AW TV deal. Like it could be if it, it's not going to be as big as WWE's TV deal, not even close, but. The average person would have no idea because ultimately we don't even know AEW's budget and we don't know what the expectation for AEW is within Turner. But, um, and then so, so I think the longer TV deal could, could, could help soothe some of the, the Monday Night War revivalists. And I think the longer establishment of the product could sway some people, particularly the alternative skeptics, as people who just the longer AEW is around, the more normalized its approach to wrestling can be, and the more people are willing to accept that this is a viable, successful wrestling product that I don't have to constantly compare to WWE, and I don't have to constantly think that it has to change radically to be more like WWE to be successful. And just yeah. and you'll you'll get fans who grow up and they they don't want they didn't really watch WWE that much. They watched AEW. Yeah, and what what is strange about it is that they've been around for a while. <laughs> like, but people don't. It's still like this, like it th- th- that they're operating on this. They've been around, you know. I, I think it was not that long ago. It was maybe a month or two ago where you saw a bunch of tweets that said, "Okay, now officially AEW has been longer than Smoke or been around longer than Smoky uh, Mountain Wrestling was." Uh, around and it's like yeah it's been around a while like we're we're, we're gonna approach you know we're coming up on on five years not that long ago from here if they sign a new tv deal it's like maybe you're looking at you know 10 years they'll they'll be guaranteed with that's a long time for wrestling business to operate but we're still acting like it, it it's it's this brand new thing and it's like no they're well they're they're pretty damn established and and we need to start 
treating them like they're a, a, a company that has been established for a while and that does have a history uh, and now has. But yeah, it, it it's never done that way. It's always done in a very... Uh, here's this brand new fledgling company that uh, any any slight thing is going to happen and they're just going to be ruined and and, and done and, and whatnot. It's it, they 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 seem to be doing okay and they've been doing okay. So yeah, we just need to start treating them like they have been longer established. But like you said, there there does become an issue or, or a thing where you know in five years from now there might be a fan who grew up on AEW and that's all they know that that. Similar to the WWE fan, that's all you know. They know AEW, or they only know a wrestling universe where there is an AEW and a WWE, so they're not as obsessed with the Monday Night War revival and stuff like that. And that, that'll be best for everybody, honestly. And that's not just me being like a fan of AEW. It's just better for the wrestling world to, to, to exist with a secondary wrestling company pushing both companies to be better, but also pushing wrestlers to make more money and and just to get fans alternatives because that's just a better way to watch wrestling and a more healthy way uh, to watch wrestling. So yeah. I, I I do think that will help as well. I, just just I, surviving longer will will, will, will will definitely. I've always been, cons- I've always had this take where I think like the, the ultimate defining line in arguments within wrestling fandom is fans who only watch WWE versus fans who watch stuff other than wwe and the fans who watch other stuff than wwe are going to have different very strong different opinions on what a wrestling product can look like what kind of wrestlers can draw money and can come across as stars what you can do with the wrestling product who can be pushed um, what kind of matches you can have if blood is necessary if it's not necessary all of these things all of these arguments trend from You'll have people who only know WWE and will argue that very limited approach to pro wrestling that WWE has is the only successful way versus people who are curious enough to explore alternatives. Right. Um, and, and WWE themselves have also broken that because for 15 years, they kind of said, no, 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 no. A wrestler has to look like this and a star has to look like this. And 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 largely because of AEW, because of a few other reasons, like that's no longer the case anymore. I mean, hell, we're, we're recording this on the night that Sami Zayn is in like the biggest main event that this company has had in a decade or whatever. And, and, and people like a Seth Rollins or whatever. And, and even Daniel Bryan in 2013, even CM Punk, like they even broke from that own tradition of, of realizing that it only can be a certain way. But, but again, it, without that official stamp of approval from WWE saying, this is the way somebody must be pushed or whatever, people just assume, no, 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 you can't do it. You have to do it WWE's way. And like you said, if you, if you're a well-rounded wrestling fan, you know, wrestling history, you, you know, Japanese wrestling, you know, Mexican wrestling, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know that, yeah, there is so many different ways to do this, this, this art of pro wrestling and hell there's new ways that we don't even know about there. There's it, 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 it it's a healthier industry. If you have people with new and alternative ideas coming in and, and, and doing things. And, and that also led to a lot of, um, you know, the AEW thing of, of why a lot of these sort of established people seem to have so much, you know, anger towards the company is a lot of those guys thought that when AEW started, they had another, okay, great. I'm going to get another job. Your Dutch Mantels, your, your Eric Bischoff's hell, even your Jim Cornette's I'm sure was expecting a call at some point. And they never got those calls. Instead, Tony said, ah, you know what? Jerry Lynn, I'm going to bring Jerry Lynn and hey, Dima Linko. I'm going to bring the, hey, those sort of guys. How- how about all the WWE X writers that thought they would get a job with AEW? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and Tony and, says, ah, you know what? I'll do it. And uh, I'm going to hire Mookie Ghana from the you know Observer Wrestling Boards and WrestleNomics. I'm going to hire him to be my business guy. And all these guys that thought, oh, man, we're going to get another cushy wrestling job. 
they didn't get cushy wrestling jobs. And I think that caused a lot of issues as well of, oh, this guy's not doing it right. Or, oh, he's not, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. And it, you know what? We are way, 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 way overdue on having new minds in wrestling and new writers in wrestling and new thoughts of how to approach wrestling. Because, yeah, it, it, it to me, one of the worst things that AEW could have done is started up and then hired your Dutch Mantels and your, your, those sort of guys and that hire was... the writers and, and, and hire you, like you said, I insert next door to be writer right here. Yeah. And, and that would have been the worst thing they could possibly do because we just need new people. We had the same people booking wrestling largely for the last 40 years. We need new voices. Yeah. And I, I so agree, Rich, because I, that was, you know, that was such a problem with, with TNA, which was like TNA was just always looking for like, you know, who's going to be our booker. It's, is it, you know, is it going to be Vince Russo? Is it going to be dusty Rhodes? Is it going to be, uh, Bruce Pritchard, yeah, Bruce for Pritchard. a time. Is it going to be uh, – who's the other person that they brought in from WWE um, that was their booker for a while? Was Gabor, oh, from, w- was Gabor from WWE? Uh, he was, yeah, because he yeah. was on Tough Enough and stuff, if you remember. Yeah, he's... yeah. so it was just like – there's a lot of these – it's just like the same guys, and it's like, can anybody new come in? <laughs> right, can we have like, a new and, voice? And, and the by the way, place? like, if you're in any creative industry, if you follow any creative industry, like – the people who are going to invent something new and exciting are generally people who have not done it before. And it's definitely, of course. Yeah. And it's going to come from a younger person with a different perspective on things. Like I just thought like, like I thought it's a little bit different with triple H in charge, but when it was Vince versus Tony, as like Tony has such enormous advantage by just being like, uh, a culturally observant person in their 30s versus uh a siloed crazy man in his 70s <laughs> like yeah exactly right uh it's just like a it's such a different um it's such a huge advantage and i think that we unfortunately lived in a world where like the same people booked wrestling for like 30 40, 30 straight years and that no real like people were given a strong outlet and i always think like even like someone like paul Heyman, who is booking i respect and is if you if you believe that he is largely responsible for the Sami Zayn angle and perhaps the Cody angle as well, uh, he's clearly still got like a lot of ability to craft stories. But at the same time, it's like, I always kind of didn't like the idea that's like, well, Paul Heyman needs to go somewhere and he'll save wrestling. And it's like, Paul Heyman kind of had his thing with wrestling and it was 25 years ago. Like, right, why can't right. somebody new come in and do it? And really, the only way we got somebody new that came in do, to do it was because that new person happened to have incredible personal wealth and started the company themselves. Right. Yes. Yeah. Had wealth and had a billionaire father and and had a perfect in at the perfect time. And we've always talked about this with AEW, too. We talked about it in the flagship. Like, people do not realize what all had to come together to create AEW. The, the atmosphere that had to be in this wrestling world, you have to have the young bucks who, you know, despite Jim Cornette's Cornette, you know, uh, consternation, like doing flips and throwing super kicks, like and selling t-shirts is why they got to the, you know, so you needed the young bucks to be what they were. You needed Cody to be what he was, be the son of a legendary wrestler, but then also kind of make it on his own uh, outside of the, the WWE system. You had to have, like you said, a man with immense personal wealth and a billionaire father. You needed to have a network that was remotely interested or that, you know, I forget the guy's name, the Turner guy. You might remember Kevin Riley. That's exactly a guy who was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll sit down and listen. Like, cause if that guy's not there, there's a good chance that whoever they pitch at Turner is just like, nah, we're, we're good. We're going to do big, bang. but Kevin Riley was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds interesting. So you needed that. You needed so many things to come together at exactly the right time to create AEW. And I don't think people give enough credit to that of, of 
you know, the immense work and the immense, just like the perfect, perfect, perfect thing that had to happen for this company to get created. And, and, and yeah, that's, that's what it took. Cause otherwise, yeah, it'd be the same five people over and over and over again, booking every bit of wrestling. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's boring. And, and I'm so glad that there is an alternative. And, and, and I just hate the fact that people, you know, like you said, that they, they, they don't either, they don't seek alternatives or they want the alternative to be similar to the other thing that they can watch. And it's just like, just watch the other thing. <laughs> like, there's no, uh, or just, I, 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 I so much accentuate your positives, hide your negatives, do what is different, do what is unique, do what is going to stand out. The last thing I want AEW to be is, is, is a second rate WWF because that or WWE or whatever, because that's exactly what TNA fell into. And I think they lost so much uh, of their goodwill and so much of, of what could have made them special. Uh, when they when they went to that and and we see where they are now they're just they're they're not even on the you know they're there but you know they don't exist they're, in a large, brand, larger wrestling world with impact their brand is tainted yeah to the degree that they'll probably never be able to 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 generate a sizable no no thing they're, they're, they're they are where they are and I, I don't think anything's going to change that and i think like when it talks to like aw like kind of establishing an alternative product and and maybe educating some new people it does AW is easily like the biggest alternative product to emerge since WCW closed. And that's really important because I think when we talked about the, the non WWE watchers uh, or the, 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 the people who watch outside wrestling outside of WWE versus the people who only watch WWE before AEW, it was kind of difficult for those people to kind of access the product. It wasn't discussed as much like, yes, new Japan was big in America. Yes. Ring of honor was doing well. Yes. The Indies were doing well. But it was still like something you kind of had to really go out of your way to access. You had to to sign up to New Japan World, or you had to maybe go to a local indie show, or or, or find Ring of Honor stream somewhere. And AEW, because it's a bigger, polished product, it feels it's it feels kind of like WWE does in the sense that you turn it on, it's on cable television. You turn it on Wednesday nights at eight on prime time. It's in a you know a big a, an arena with a lot of fans, and the production is top notch, and all of those things. It's 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 way more accessible to people who are not maybe going to be super committed to finding an alternative the way like you and I would have been like finding outside of WWE wrestling before AEW existed. And I think that's a big thing in helping kind of re-educate the population that AEW's product is so accessible and feels major league that people will slowly begin to to learn that like wow you know there's a totally different way to do things because yeah. I used to I I had this you know I would have conversations with people all the time pre-AEW and their big thing was wrestling sucks now wrestling's bad you know it's just trash and it, I would always say like wrestling is awesome right now WWE is bad but I was never going to be able to be like, hey, you guys, you guys should watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's got awesome stories. It's got right. awesome wake, action. Wake up at 3 a.m. with me and 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 we'll watch a scuzzy stream where they're going to scream Japanese for yes. a couple hours. But All you got to do is you got to you got to buy, what was it? Was it, was it Ustream? Was yeah, it Ustream. Ustream. You just need yeah. to spend $35 on Ustream and listen to a Japanese guy yell at you for yeah, a while. Like but the, I trust me, the wrestling is good. Like, like the, yeah. I, I love, I love, you know, Japanese Pro Wrestling. I love Puro, but... Like it's you have to want to watch it. It's it's very difficult to just like be like, hey, watch this if you're interested. Because yeah, I, I've tried. I tried with a lot of friends and it fell on a lot of deaf ears for for many many years. The English commentary helped a lot. Where I was like, all right, it's in English. Do you want to watch this? And they're like, all right, you know, I guess I'll check it out. And most I was able to convert most of them, but but I get it. It was like 
back in 2014, 2015, I would send them and they're like, what the hell is this? It's yeah. just like, I mean, my it's a daily motion video. Uh, you know, it's the lowest quality possible. My introduction to New Japan was was really like I knew what it was, but I was uh, I was in high school um, and I was uh, became like really interested in like Dave Meltzer five star ratings. I used to go on the internet wrestling database and I used to look at like, you know, what matches Dave, if it was a really good match that I used to, that I watched that was an older match, I look and see, oh, Dave gave that one, you know, four and five, you know, four and a half stars. Oh, he didn't give it five. And he went like, of course, he went like an incredibly long time without giving a five star match, which sounds impossible today, but that was yeah, true. So he, he went like seven years. Crazy, yeah. Um, and then he gave Minoru Suzuki versus Hiroshi Tanahashi a five, five stars. And I was like, whoa, a Dave finally gave a match five stars. Like, I don't really know anything about this, but I got to try to find this match. And that was like the first modern New Japan match I ever watched. And then all of a sudden I fell into this rabbit hole and I was like, I wasn't really, I wasn't really, I wasn't reading the Observer. I wasn't reading, I wasn't on social media talking about New Japan. I was literally just doing it myself. I would go on cage match and I would, it was just when cage match had pitchers and I would watch uh, a, a you know a new japan show that i would torrent and then i would be like look at the pictures and then try to put them together like in the eight man tags like all right this guy that <laughs> yeah. looks kind of old is, is yuji Nagata. that's what he looks like this guy in yeah, the face yeah. and like um that's how i had to learn it wasn't that long ago and like that took like a lot of like i i had to want to do that Right, right. You had to be a, an obsessive weirdo in a lot of ways i, I had, the, that the best way, I had a lot of weirdo yes. well you have to be and a lot of people aren't like this, and I am, and I assume that most people that are watching, listening to the show are because of how, who we cater towards. But you have to be curious. Like, yes, you have to yes. be curious to know. I was curious to know what was out there. I was curious to know that, like, Dave Meltzer gave this match five stars. It has to be, like, this really great match. I, I'm so curious. I want to know what it's like to watch it. And it ruled. And it was easy to understand, because it was Minoru Suzuki versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. So it's like the preeminent villain versus the preeminent babyface. It's like the easiest thing to understand in pro wrestling. And, but, but that was so hard to access. And like AEW is so much easier, I think, to get like a casual fan or someone who's not watched on WWE wrestling to watch it because it's, it's, it's comfortable and familiar in enough ways for them to, to watch it and not have it have to be like totally sold on the product. Yeah, they could just sit on their couch and, and and turn on, you know, the show every every week or whatever. It's, yeah, it's, it's never got, been easier. It's got familiar faces if you, you know, it's got right, like Chris right. Jericho and, that, and that's a big and reason why, Hoxley. you know, I, I hated the JR hire from day one, but I absolutely 100% understood it because you wanted to give people that familiar voice where you turn on this thing and go, oh, I know Jim Ross. What, what is he doing here? Well, Chris Jericho's here. Okay. And, and I get why they did that. And I get why they hired those guys. And I understand that you needed to kind of bridge that gap. But, uh, you know, largely then Jim Ross became, you know, <laughs> it, like a lot of those other guys, yeah. who just seemed like this isn't real wrestling. This isn't what it's supposed to be. And it's like, I mean, come on, yeah. dude, you the came first, from Mid-South. Like, what are you talking about? The first year of Jim Ross was was obvious because Jim Ross, what is Jim Ross? What do people associate with? They associate Jim Ross with the biggest and best time in yeah. professional wrestling history. Um, and so when they're flipping channels, they're like, oh, it's his wrestling. And who do they hear? They hear Jim Ross's voice and his voice is on the show for two straight hours. They don't need they don't, it's not like they need to tune in specifically during the Chris Jericho segment to see something. It's Jim Ross's voice. And that that probably did help. It helped legitimize them. And I, I don't know. I kind of think like he should keep Jim Ross probably wants to. And it kind of makes sense for him to go back to WWE. 
uh, whenever his contract's up. I'm I'm fine with him just being on Rampage. I'll drive him there. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll I'll get him on the plane if he wants. He can go away. But uh, no, I I yeah, it, it I, I get that, but and and I understood why they needed to bridge that gap. But yeah, it, it's it's you know I I think they did a lot of really really good stuff in their first couple of years to get people you know invested in the company and and understand what they are. But yeah, we just need to kind of move past this idea that it's a company on the verge of death and on the verge of relevancy. Cause it's just, it's just not. And, and no, is it going to compete with WWE in terms of ratings and in terms of money made? Probably not. It probably never will. WWE That's makes okay. 13 times more money than AEW. <laughs> right, right, right. That's it's, the it's, thing is that people are like, Oh, the ratings gap is like, it used yeah, to that's, be, that's outdated be Monday this. Night War bullshit. That's yeah, well, just it's like sucks. the ratings yeah. gap, you know, it used to be AEW used to be within like, you know, 20% of it's 18 to 49. Now it's only half. And it's like, well, like even if they caught them in 18 to 49, WWE is still making like more money off the Saudi Arabia deal alone than 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 maybe all revenue that AEW is making. I have no idea. Like the idea that like catching them in ratings would mean that AEW is equal to WWE is just not true. It would just mean they would have a higher key demo rating than them and would be obviously good for negotiating pur- purposes. But it's like the idea that like AEW is going to become close to WWE's business is, is like you said, laughable. It's going to take, yeah, it's it just take never, decades. It, yeah, it, 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 it will. It will take. Yeah, it'll take literal decades to, to do it if they ever do it, which might be completely impossible. It might take WWE just absolutely. Fun. But it, shit, Vince McMahon just came back. You know what I mean? Like I was going to say it would take WWE like doing some unbelievable thing or, or some horrible controversy. But no, Vince McMahon was potentially yeah. sexually assaulting employees. Uh, and then he had to go away for a little bit. And yeah. then he just came back and it's like, oh, all right, well, if, whatever. If it, now, were it just to, doesn't matter. <laughs> if I were to just totally pipe dream a scenario where AEW could pass WWE and like revenue, it would have to be like. AEW hits on this unbelievably, incredibly hot storyline that just skyrockets the wrestling business upwards in a way that we haven't seen in like 50 years. And it become AEW almost becomes like kind of like this Formula One thing where it's just this, 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 this thing explodes with young people in 18 to 49 and its next television rights become super hotly debated and they blow past WWE in 18 to 49 and they get like some gigantic TV deal. But that's, that's not going to happen. I mean, it's a pipe dream. No, and, and even then, like they might get right up against them or kind of close or whatever. But like just the 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 business aspect, the licensing deals, the 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 video game deals, the international the, presence, the international business, the Saudi deal, like that. There's people don't realize, and that, again, it, it it speaks to people that just don't understand the wrestling business because, like you said, they're still obsessed with the Monday Night War. What did the ratings come in as? Oh man, it's like that doesn't. I mean, good lord, we're, they're playing a completely different game. Yeah, WWE. I mean, I, I didn't, we didn't, I didn't get into this in like the primary discussion we have, but but realistically, the more and more if you spend time like on social media or some or, or hearing takes and things like that, is that like a lot of people just have no idea what they're talking about. That's fair. Like yeah. they don't know any. <laughs> yeah. They don't know anything about wrestling ratings. They don't know anything about like booking. They don't know anything about storylines. They don't know anything about approach to wrestling, but. Like you'll hear people like, like it was I think it was Kaz on the Ringer, and he's like talk, they're talking about like Braun Breaker getting or Cody potentially getting booed, and he's like if you are top babyface, you have to have a significant amount of people boo you. That means that you're you're actually the top babyface, and it's like oh. <laughs> that's that's like clearly just like clear fed brain something you use to rationalize like the reaction to Roman Reigns and the reaction to John yeah. Cena. Yeah, I, I I don't even remember all the times that Stone Cold Steve Austin came out and thirty percent of the audience booed him. Oh, wait, remember no, never, remember right? when yeah. Hulk Hogan in nineteen eighty five was like like there was that real sizable <laughs> fan base that just right. hated him and booed him yeah. at every arena and he just yeah. like they yeah, were cheering course. for the Iron Sheik during his comebacks and stuff like that. 
it's just but but it's like one of those things it's like people just don't know what they're talking about and that unfortunately influences a lot of other people yeah or just don't get the business of wrestling and and don't get like wwe's business too of just you know just how much money is made on that saudi deal and just how much money they make i mean how much money they make they are they're not a wrestling business anymore they're they're a content distribution factory essentially you know what I mean? like that's what they are and that, that you know to nick khan's credit that's a lot of what i think he w- was hoping that that company would become and 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 whatever this next tv deal may be they might even accelerate that even more yeah uh, like what's the next what did nick khan say he hoped he wished raw was like 12 hours long yeah yeah just let's yeah. make more content hours of content you know and, and and barrios to a large you know did a lot of dumb stuff but he would always hit they'd start those quarterly calls with uh this quarter we produce you know 800 hours of first run content it's like right. i mean in any wrestling company that's the massive advantage and it's, it's aw is using the exact same model of course like of course the the concept like what is the advantage like like okay like let's like if we're talking about turner like okay the the turner has the nba on on tnt which is a big deal for them but the nba has an off season you want it doesn't have an off season wrestling it's 52 weeks a year there's 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 very few programming outside of news programming that offers 52 weeks a year of first run programming like Scripted shows don't do that. They might do 10 weeks if they're lucky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You, oh. you get those 52 weeks. And 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 I think, and and people can can debate this all they want or whatever. And I think Turner is always, always going to be very appreciative that AEW did not take any time off during the pandemic either. That that where the NBA had to shut down and they have guys playing NBA 2K or whatever, and just a disaster. It's just an absolute disaster in terms of how do we, you know, we we paid a gigantic amount of money for this property that's just not show we, we don't have anything to do because there's not games being played AEW did not miss a single week during the pandemic they, they, that they, is a very from all we can tell is a very carefully maintained relationship between yeah. tony and, and and warner brothers but uh the pizza cutter i don't know it's a pizza cutter <laughs> and there's too much blood and uh the, the new president who has like said multiple times in interviews that they're like you know very big on like you know very happy with what you know, all elite wrestling, their their professional wrestling promotion has been able to deliver them in the ratings and consistently kind of says that they're very satisfied with things that does not stop people from, from fantasy. Booking. <laughs> it's absurd. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, I mean, in conclusion, I guess I hope I hope this discourse can improve. I'm kind of skeptical that it's going to. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that this is just the world, the pattern we're on? Um, I think it's the world we live in. Yeah, I yeah. I, I do think that m- it might get slightly better. One thing that could help is is Twitter goes away, which I hope and pray for every single day when I wake up. Is did it, did Elon Musk destroy it? Yeah, it's uh, sorta, but not enough. Yeah. Damn it! All right, not enough. It's only breaking a little bit. Yeah, right. Not not nearly enough. But uh, I think that will help a little bit. But I just think we no. I I think that's we live in this discord uh, this discourse obsessed world these days and a take obsessed world like I I say the same about sports discussion I think sports talk sucks now I think major sports talk is awful because it's 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 rings culture and if you're not winning a championship you're losing your 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 disaster that's what someone from Chicago would say in Boston it's all about rings culture rich (laughs) hey look (laughs) but you know what I mean like it's just it's and, and and it goes to it's it's a lot of national sports more than anything is just this obsession with if you're not it's, winning a title you're losing you so know? in in pro and to, to to use sports as an analogy like when we talk about the discourse like pro wrestling doesn't have local media covering like its own version like i can right. always retreat like even though lo- a lot of local media is bad i can always retreat into my little silo of you know 
the Boston Globe's coverage and local sports stations and my subscriptions on the athletic and those kind of things. If I want to hear like just my, my team's, you know, news and analysis, and it's right. not like boiled down to the lowest common denominator, like a Stephen A. Smith show talking segment is going to, to be wrestling. We don't have that. You don't have as much like localized coverage. So you do have like, you know, like things like what we're doing here, like a specialized kind of podcast for lack of a better term um but something that like you know has a we're not trying to cater towards every single wrestling fan i know i'm catering to a small yeah small and what, what's here. weird about that though is like you'll get you'll get criticized for that or, or you know like the idea that like ah you're not being you're being biased or you're co-opted or whatever which is so weird it's like nobody would get mad at the boston globe like talk about more sports than <laughs> you know who cares about the celtics talk about everybody else it's like no we're the boston globe we're gonna talk about boston teams but like yeah. If you do that on and, and wrestling, if we on the flagship don't talk enough about WWE, people are like, you're co-opted, you're biased. Why do you hate WWE so much? And it's like, I'm allowed to talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. Like, I'm, I, it's OK to do that. Yeah, but... I, I, my my commitment is only to my own honesty. Yeah, like, I don't care yeah. about like I don't. I kind of I kind of believe that everyone is a, is a reporter in their own way. I kind of subscribe to that thought that if you like retweet a tweet, you're responsible for kind of spreading that information in a certain way. Mm-hmm. But. Like, I don't consider myself a wrestling reporter. I don't consider myself someone that's, like, obsessed with the integrity of of, of wrestling reporting. That That's my real job, but I'm not doing that shit here. Like, um, in my real job, I won't write. I hate editorials. I hate op-eds. I hate endorsements of political candidates. I think that's, like, I don't understand the ethical issues with I, I think the, those have a lot of ethical problems, but I'm very conscientious of that in my reporting. Like, I'm not reporting anything here. I'm just giving my own opinion. And I'm very grateful that uh, enough more people than I expected are, like, interested in what I have to say. And I'm sure you guys at the flagship are definitely the same way. But um, it's one of those things that, like, I just – you're right. I think the news cycle is like that. And I think, like, with sports, like I said, like, you only have the national conversation, which is always kind of the dumbest conversation. Right, right. We and have in that wrestling, wrestling that's, yeah. we only have the national conversation in a lot of ways, unless you're in your own little silo. And I kind of am. I don't follow a lot of people on Twitter. I don't listen to a wide diversity of podcasts. I kind of just follow the people that I kind of believe are intelligent, not people that always agree with me. I actually, that would find, I would find that very boring, but people that I at least, I respect their opinions in a, in a way. But I think in the, when when it comes to just the general wrestling discourse, all we have is like the lowest common denominator, stupid people conversation, talking talking points, and those get echoed around everywhere. Yeah. So I, I while I do think like a new TV deal will help, and I think them being around longer will help, I I do think we're just kind of in this. I mean, I, I I always wonder like if during the Monday Night Wars would this discourse be if we took the Monday night wars and put them in, in, you know, in 2023, would it be the same? And I probably, it probably would be the same. The big difference to me there is that like WCW had a very large core audience of fans who just were only like only new WCW right, only right. Grew new, up on like, it, knew it mid Atlantic or, or yeah. Crockett promotions and what, you know, WCW kind of spawned off of. And that's just a different, and you had like all the Southern wrestling fans and that's just like a different generation of fans and their familiarity. And so they, they the WCW fans were much more, I think kind of like the WWE fans, like this was their wrestling product. And this is right, what right. They Every AEW fan is a former WWE fan in some way, shape, or form. And that, yeah, or a fan of another wrestling product, unless they literally became a wrestling fan in 2019. 
Right, right, exactly, and and that's a, a, probably a very small group, and and, and those people and hopefully... are probably not as vocal on social. media. Right, right, and that's the group that AEW should try to continue to cater to by being an alternative and not necessarily being WWE stuff. Don't listen to your ex WWE fans that are are, are 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 just clamoring for you know whatever it might be. But yeah, you're, you're right. It, it exists in a completely different universe where every single person watching AEW has probably at some point consumed WWE product. You know what I mean? Where a lot of those WWE fans didn't, or if they did, they sampled it and said, ah, this ain't wrestling. We you know, know what happened. They didn't, you know, they didn't come back. Raw, yeah, when Raw WCW in 2001 died, didn't, didn't get double the ratings because they no. had all the WCW fans. They all went away. And then TNA said, aha, we're going to get those fans. And then they just never really came back. They were like, nah, I'm good. I'm moving on to other things. And they were done. And they never watched wrestling ever again. So yeah, that 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 is an important point that that I think is, is a good point that it probably wouldn't have been the same because there wouldn't always be compared to there'd be your people that are in both camps and you know fighting and and well, I'm a stand for this company or whatever. But uh it, you're right, it does have a different tinge because it's not gonna be all WCW fans were not gonna compare themselves to WWE or WWF that much because they were WWE fans through and through where, where yeah, eight, every, a lot of AEW fans are only looking at it through the lens of this is another take on WWE's wrestling or whatever, which is, 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 is not good, but you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll fight it over the next decade. We'll, we'll see. All right. Well, thanks Rich for, for joining the show. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I will just say voiceswrestling.com. Obviously, uh, previews, reviews, columns, all that other good stuff uh, there. We also have the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network, which is a a, a collaborative of a bunch of different podcasts uh, up there covering the entire world of wrestling. Hey, you want some alternatives? We got alternatives. We got shows about New Japan Hell Wrestling. Yeah. We got shows about Dragon Gate Wrestling. We have shows about uh, Noah and All Japan for Wrestling and just everything that you could possibly. Alternatives across the board. If you want to know and be a better wrestling fan, subscribe to the Voice Wrestling uh, Podcast Network. I co-host the Flagship Podcast on that network, so uh, that is there. And then uh, also our Patreon. Uh, flagship patreon.com uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash voices of wrestling for even more bonus audio uh, a lot of retro content as well so if you want to learn more about the history of wrestling we got you there uh, we also cover modern wrestling too with doing instant reactions to, to major shows uh the weekly dynamite reviews if you're into AEW and want to you know listen to those that's a way to do that there but uh yeah a lot of other good stuff going on there so that's uh, patreon.com uh slash voices of wrestling but uh yeah jesse thanks so much for having me on here this was a hell of a lot of fun yeah, no, thanks for joining, Rich. Um, thanks to everyone who's been listening to these shows. Um, and we'll be on and we'll see. I'll see you again in a couple of weeks. My name is Tyler Fornis, and I am one of the co-hosts of the Good, the Bad, and the Hungi AEW podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcasting Network. We take a broad scope approach to the world of all elite wrestling and the entire universe of Tony Khan. We talk about the big matches, the big stars the promos, the storylines. And we also look at it from a big picture perspective. How are things going to change over the course of the next 10 years with AEW still in the picture? How are companies like WWE going to adapt and adjust to AEW? Are they going to be a similar way like they did with WCW in the late 1990s? Will there be a counterpunch? We talk about all of that and more on the good, the bad, and the hungry. Every week on the Voice of Wrestling Network.